What is up, Chicago Bears fans? This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wiltfong. I am joined today by a very special guest. He is our guy, the lead draft analyst at Windy City Gridiron, Jacob Infante. Jacob, what's up, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing great, Lester. Uh, you know, any chance I get to talk about the draft's a fun one. So, you know, it's nice to be back on the show. Uh, nice to nice to feel uh like my draft analysis is actually wanted this time of year as opposed to like i'm I'm posting something in august they're like oh it's too early what are you doing get the hell out of here so you know uh, it's funny a little, little behind the scenes stuff me we, we had this type of conversation all the time yeah draft season never stops i mean yeah. bears fans nfl fans in general they love it i get it you know it's it's too much for some and you know for me too like i, I step away i'm not i'm not really interested in in deep, deep dives into the draft, like you said, in August. But, man, every time you put a mock-up, every time you do a player profile, that stuff is, like, hitting. People read it. People retweet it. They go on social. They go on Facebook, talk about it. People love the draft. Yeah. You got to give the people what they want, and that's what that's what Jacob does. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm grateful to, you know, play some sort of role in the draft coverage that people uh, digest on here on Bears, the Bears community and the draft community in general. So uh, it's my it's my favorite time of year. Uh, you know, as I love, uh, obviously, like the actual regular season itself. I love sitting down on a Sunday and watching games. But I also really love just, you know, breaking down players and the anticipation of oh you know there are so and so needs on these on these teams who's gonna go where uh the unpredictability of it all is a lot of fun to me so uh you know i'm happy that stuff's uh ramping up here yeah it's, it's draft season you know the east west shrine game happened the senior bowl happened and and of course the super bowl happened and, and all those three spots are huge gathering places for the nfl you know I, I, obviously the, the the two the previous ones are all about the draft the prospects but then you start getting the buzz building, the Super Bowl week, you know, the media row. You know, it's not just Chiefs 49ers. A lot of Bears talk was going on down there. A lot of draft talk was going on down down there. And with the Bears, man, two picks in the top 10, one and nine with another with a trade of some sort going to happen. We're not sure what, but a trade of some sort is going to happen. Um, so so it's, it's an exciting time to be a Bears fan, whether you're on this side of the aisle or that side of the aisle, so to speak. So we'll talk about the quarterback briefly, but this is not about the quarterback. This is about the draft. We're going to do some draft Q&A here in a little bit so you guys get your question into YouTube. But before we jump into the Q&A here with Jacob, we got to talk a little bit about the Bears' current team needs because once we have the needs out of the way, we figure out what some options are possibly in free agency, we'll have a better idea what they're going to do in the draft because last year they went into the draft with a big hole at right tackle. So that kind of told us, yeah, you know, they're going to do something early, and they did. Darnell Wright came in, home run pick, did a great job there. So, so, so let's talk about the Bears right now. Where do you see right now as their biggest positional need? So that's a tough one because I could really go in a bunch of different directions. I'm thinking they need a bona fide wide receiver too. They have DJ Moore, who's who had a fantastic first year in Chicago, and Cole Komet is proven to be one of the better tight ends in the league. Uh, but at wide receiver, you're looking at Tyler Scott and Valus Jones as the only two guys under contract heading into this new year outside of DJ Moore. So Darnell Mooney's gone. Uh, you know, the Chase Claypool thing didn't work out, obviously. Uh, so there's a p- 
pretty sizable need at wide receiver too. And especially I think in a more pass heavy offense with new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron coming over from Seattle. Uh, I expect that that wide receiver two role is going to be a big one in that Chicago offense. And they don't really have someone who's proven that they can take that next step and secure like that hundred plus targets a year type of role. So whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, I feel like they're going to make some sort of significant investment at the position. And uh, honestly, I think they should. So I'm excited to see who it's going to be, but uh, I do think that receiver stands out as a massive need uh, at this stage. I'm not sure if you put it on the side or if you put it on, on your Twitter account, but I think you mentioned a, a double dip for sure. You think they're going to yeah. go definitely go in the draft probably early, maybe with that number nine pick. But like you said, this team has a desperate need for another veteran receiver. Like you said, it's DJ Moore. I mean, that's really all it is right now. I mean, I, I like Tyler Scott. I think he's a good prospect. I think there's some hope there for him to kind of develop into something. But at this point, if you look at the roster, you'd like him competing for that number four spot. Top draft pick comes in. They compete two or three. You know, Mike Evans has been floated out there, Buccaneers. You know, if you hear T. Higgins, there are a lot of receivers that, that are available in free agency that can kind of step in and kind of fill a role here in Chicago. And then you have your rookie come in. Those guys battle it off for targets. DJ Moore is, of course, the top dog. But, you know, this is not going to be a, a super run-heavy offense, regardless if it's Justin Fields or a rookie quarterback, you know. Shane Waldron, I mean, he will form the offense on his talent, but he's going to throw the ball a bit more than what we've seen here in, in, in years past. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that in some capacity, they're going to make some sort of investment at receiver and free agency, whether that's, you know, like you mentioned, a bigger name like a Mike Evans or a T. Higgins, or maybe more of a wide receiver three type, like a, uh, you know, a Curtis Samuel, a Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Uh, you know, even Hollywood Brown, I think, could be someone w- worth looking into. Uh, so I, I do feel like they are in need of some sort of veteran presence in there that they currently don't have, uh, assuming they don't resign Darnell Mooney, which I don't necessarily expect them to. Uh, but yeah, I do think that. In, in some capacity, there's going to be investment in both free agency and the draft. And even in the draft, I'd be fine if they take two receivers in this group. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but I think this is a really talented and really deep wide receiver room, uh, wide receiver class. So, you know, say you get someone at nine or and then you add on someone in round four, round five, something like that. I think you're really uh, you're really working with something there. Yeah, just a reminder, guys, uh, we are going to take some questions after we go through some of these Bears' needs here. So if you have any draft questions for Jacob, throw them in the comment, and we will make sure we try and get to as many as possible here before we get out of here. But so, so today the Bears cut a couple of veterans. You know, one was a guy who's reserved, Cody White, here at guard. I think guard is a, something the Bears need. Yeah. But they cut their starting safety, Eddie Jackson, which is something we all thought was going to happen. He was making just way too much money for the for the productivity on the field. He had a nice career in Chicago, made sense to move on. Safety's probably in need when you look at this roster right now. But they had a guy last year as a rookie, at cornerback, who got some safety reps in, in camp in Terrell Smith. You think he's a guy that can kind of maybe get a look there uh, once, uh, once, uh, once camp opens up? I mean, I think that would make a lot of sense, just naturally, especially if the Bears re-sign uh, Jalen Johnson, whether it's on the tag or a full extension. That's coming. That's got to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. To, to some extent, they're, you know, I feel pretty confident Jalen's going to be on the Bears in 2024. I just don't know exactly how yet. 
so with that in mind, you have your top three corners. Ideally, you have them locked in for the next two years with Kyler Gordon on his rookie deal and then Tyreek Stevenson still has three years on his rookie deal. Uh, there isn't really going to be a a path for Terrell Smith to start, which is interesting when you consider you know the flashes that he showed as reserve uh, stepping in for injured players uh, in the secondary. And I do think safety could be an option for him. I know that was something that was kind of floated around in the pre-draft process last year. Uh, a, a big part of it was, oh, his, uh, his sharpness coming in and out of his breaks isn't great for a corner. But for a safety, you know, keep in mind, you don't necessarily have to be as sharp in terms of changing immediate direction. Some of your movements are a bit more uh, elongated, I guess, is a way you could put it. And Terrell Smith is plenty athletic. He's fast and he's big and he's physical. So naturally, a move to safety could make sense. Uh, I, I would expect in some capacity they bring someone in in free agency. I'm not a big fan of this uh, safety class in the draft. I mean, if you can't get anyone in round two, then probably the value is not going to be great. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like Terrell Smith could be an option at safety. I mean, certainly it would be a better opportunity for him to get more playing time. And, you know, if if all else – if everything works there, it's one less position that you need to invest in significantly this offseason. Yeah, I mean, Flus is not he's, – he's, he's Tampa 2-ish. He's not exclusively Tampa 2. He'll do some stuff with cover 3, cover 1. You know, so if Smith's a guy that has covered skills and you want to roll him down, maybe cover a tight ends out of the slot, I think he has that kind of skill set. You know, he's, he's not – you know, he's not going to play nickel for you, but I think if he can come down and kind of, you know, match up against some of the – some receivers that kind of go in the slot. You know, this is not old school where it's just your small, shifty guy in the slot anymore. You know, teams are rotating whoever they want in the slot and looking for matchups. And if you got a guy like Smith in the field that you're comfortable with playing him in, in, in a one-on-one situation or matching him up in a match zone or something like that, yeah. I think you do it with Smith. And like I said, the draft, you know, is not the the best here for safety. But, you know, let, let, let's go one more defensive position, and that's, that's defensive end. Hmm. You know, some of the mock drafts have the Bears going uh, edge at nine. If they're not going receiver, they're going edge. Yeah. You know, but but – I can't see the Bears going into the draft without addressing a little bit. And just today, uh, a cap mentioned on his on his podcast that Daniel Hunter, who we've kind of heard linked to the Bears this last week, you know some buzz at the Super Bowl about that. He talked about it too today on his show that he has heard that Daniel Hunter is a guy that the Vikings may not go after to resign, and the Bears would probably have interest there. Twenty eight, twenty nine years old, a little older but he still gets it done. Yeah, no, totally. And I feel like with Hunter, you're not going to, at least you probably shouldn't get like a full like five-year deal or something like that because he's in his prime right now. You're not paying for what he will be. You're paying him for what he is. Yeah. So if that means maybe a little bit like a, like a three-year deal, I think is reasonable. That gives him an opportunity to potentially get another decent payday before the end of his career. Uh, while still paying for someone who probably will be one of the top edge rushers over the course of that uh, contract. I'm, I mean, this year he was fantastic. He's been a consistent force for the Vikings over the last few, you know, his entire career essentially in Minnesota. Uh, so he'd be someone I definitely be interested in. Uh, obviously him being 
a little bit older for a free agent. You have to go in with a little bit of caution. And I feel like Ryan Poles knows that uh, he's been pretty uh, risk avoidant in terms of how he invests big money into uh, you know players who are over 30 or are going to be over 30. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, Daniil Hunter's coming off an incredible season and he's, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I know he's reached double digit sacks a handful of times. And when you're looking at what the bears have off the edge right now, they don't really have that solidified edge rusher alongside Montez sweat in the starting lineup. So they could go edge rusher in the draft at nine. There'd be value there. But I really think that, especially with not just Hunter, but some of the other edge rushers in this free agency class, I really think it'd be it'd be better to uh, invest in someone, you know, some somewhere in the range of that ten to fifteen million dollars a year. Obviously, if it's Hunter, you're going for more than that. But uh, like a Jonathan Grenard from the Texans, uh, Bryce Huff from the Jets, just as a couple guys, uh, someone like that, I think would be a good addition to the defense too. Uh, but it's a it's a solid group of edge rushers in the draft this year. A little top heavy. I mean, the depth in day two isn't all that great, but there are probably four guys I think go round one, and then as many as three that I think could go in round two. So it'll be interesting. I, I do. Th- I feel like uh, the value is definitely better in free agency, but uh, yeah. I mean, like you said with these mock drafts, I mean, if the Bears aren't going wide receiver at nine, they're going edge in most of them so your top 100 just came out earlier yeah. this week who was your top edge you had on your board so right now i've been i've been kind of rotating it a lot uh because i can't really decide right now it's dallas turner the edge rusher out of alabama i think that his uh athletic ceiling combined with the tape that he's had is the best combination in this class uh, you're looking for pure speed rushers. I think uh, Turner and Chop Robinson out of Penn State are the two top guys, but Turner's more polished at this stage. He's a more refined defensive player. Uh, and I think that upside is going to see him get drafted pretty early. And, you know, it's it's tough to determine because Jared Verse from Florida State's close. I have, you know, all the top three edge rushers are pretty close on my board. They have somewhat similar grades. Uh, so Verse, I feel like, He's the safest of the top three edge rushers. Uh, lot to lay out to lot to out of UCLA. Uh, he's put together some really impressive tape the last two years. Uh, super flexible, great use of the hands. But again, it comes down to the injuries. Uh, yeah. He had to medically retire a couple of years ago. You know, what are the medicals going to show there? Uh, and, you know, that's going to vary by team, but uh, there is some risk there taking him top 10, which I personally wouldn't do Uh first round. Absolutely. Top 20. Absolutely. But uh would you take, want to take that big of a risk on someone in the top 10? I don't think so. Uh So right now Turner's my top guy. I don't feel like there's a, like a superstar prospect off the edge, Uh, you know, like a, an Aiden Hutchinson or a Kayvon Thibodeau in you know, the last couple of years, uh, I had very high grades on. I didn't have anyone to this level in this class, but uh, it's still a handful of really good guys. Uh, so Turner's my top guy right now. I feel like Turner has the best chance to go top 10 just off of, you know, the, the high him having the highest ceiling out of the bunch. 
uh, with Atlanta looking like a possibility at eight, uh, the Bears maybe at nine. Uh, but, you know, all things considered, I think Turner's my top guy for now, but that might change. Yeah, you talk about the medicals for UCLA's uh, – how you pronounce the name? I'm terrible names. Latu? I've been saying Leatu Latu. That's how I've been saying it. Yeah, I need to do a better job of, like, actually listening to the, like, pronunciations on YouTube because I'll turn on, like, the All-22 or something. There's no, you know, there's no commentary. commentary, yeah. And – you know, either that or if I'm watching a broadcast tape on YouTube, uh, I usually have my own music or some other sort of video playing in the background. Uh, so I think it's Layat Tulatu, but I'm not. He, he, you mentioned his medicals. He did retire a couple of years ago because of something with medical. He, he got cleared. I mean, yeah. you know, we've seen it. It happens. You know, players have, have things happen. We're both wrestling fans, pro wrestling fans. We yeah. saw it happen with Edge. Edge was told to retire from the from the game. He was out of wrestling for a long time. He, something happened. Who knows? I mean, the, the human body is a miraculous thing. Whatever happened, happened. He has now been cleared by all the doctors that looked at him. And if those medicals check out, man, I mean, I, I am not grinding tape nowhere near the hours you're putting in. I just watched some highlight guys of guys that I enjoy. His tape is fun to watch. He is like oh, yeah. all hands and elbows, and he just spins. And if, if his medicals check out, man, this guy could be a, a good player. 100%. And, you know, you go back to the uh, the edge thing. Uh, he had the, the neck injury that forced him to retire from wrestling for, you know, almost a decade. Yeah. Uh, Lotu had to retire uh, due to a neck injury in his time in Washington. And then, he, uh, you know, transferred to UCLA. They cleared him. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's happened in athletics before. I mean, it happened with uh, Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from who went from UCLA to Miami and now is, uh, you know, a starter on the Dolphins. So, uh, you know, obviously teams are going to have to do their homework on that, but it's not impossible for him to, you know, have longevity. It's not impossible for him to continue to perform at a high level. One more uh, need spot before we go to the – everyone's favorite topic quarterbacks center yeah. obviously the bears have a problem at center cody whiter did retire today he was one of their reserves lucas patrick's a free agent dan feeney's a free agent right now there's a big hole there at center for the bears i know a lot of it's going to be decided if they go with a rookie quarterback you may want to go with a veteran but but i think regardless of what the bears decide to do at quarterback they cannot go into this draft with a hole of center because centers are weird man it's like the, the, the really, really good ones, second roundish, you know, you I mean, it's very rare to see a guy go early in the, in the draft and the bears are at nine. Anyways, they're, they're the last first round pick don't have a second round pick right now. Can you wait and get a center late? Probably not. So you're going to have to get a guy, probably the, the guy that's been mentioned a lot because of the connection to Shane Waldron is, is Evan Brown from Seattle. Uh, Greg Gabriel wrote up a piece uh, earlier this week. He talked about the kid Brewer from Tennessee also because there's a connection there with the Bears assistant coach. There are some centers out there that that the Bears can get just kind of a plug-and-play guy. Like, hey, you're the guy for now, but we're going to draft a guy. Do you see them draft? I mean, they have to draft a center this year, right? They have to draft a center. Yeah, I feel like whether it's early on or later, it would make a lot of sense to you know invest in some sort uh, along the interior offensive line. I personally think that they're going to address it in free agency and they're not going to enter the draft with a massive need at center. Uh, just because of, you know, there are a handful of quality free agents available. You know, the guys you mentioned, uh, Brewer Brown, 
Uh, also, like a Lloyd Cushenberry from the Broncos, yeah. Andre James from the Raiders. Uh, I know Greg Gabriel said the Bears would probably wouldn't go after him, but Connor Williams from the Dolphins, he's coming off an injury, but it was incredible this past year. Uh, so there are options for Chicago and free agency. They just have to be willing to, you know, fork over. Uh, I want to say like a pretty penny, but it's centers are still relatively cheap compared yeah. to, you know, compared to like an offensive tackle. And, you know, obviously there's the more value at the tackle position, but, you know, you can still get a very good center for a reasonable price. So that, that's what I think the bears will do in free agency. But uh, yeah, I do think that some sort of interior offensive line investment in the draft, whether it's a, a bona fide center or a guard who can play center or has played center. Uh, I think that make a lot of sense because we saw in Chicago, you know, there's some injuries along the yep. interior offensive line, both at center and guard. And, you know, it forced guys to step into roles and, you know, it disrupted the flow of the offense. So it's my belief. And I'm, you know, I'm sure you know, you're, you're the same way being an, you know, an offensive line guy. Uh, you can never have too much depth in the trenches on either side of the ball. So uh, I think that it would definitely make a lot of sense, whether it's a true guard, true center, swing man of sorts, uh, for the Bears to make some sort of investment there in the draft. Jatiree Carter's still on this roster. Yeah. And, and we saw him last year get some run earlier for Nate Davis. And then as the year kind of progressed, Cody White here lost his job at center. He now became your swing guard. So I understood them going with the veteran at that point. But do you think there's still hope for Jatiree Carter? Do you think there's still some upside there? Yeah, I, I still think there's some uh, potential for growth there. I don't think that, at least at this stage, I don't think it's necessarily the smartest bet to assume, oh, he's going to be a, star, a full-time starter one yeah. day. I feel like you know the odds are stacked against him in that regard. But as far as being a you know just a solid, versatile offensive lineman, uh, you know, a, a sixth man on the offensive line or a seventh man on the offensive line, I think there's still value with him there. Uh, I do expect him to, you know, at the very least compete for a roster spot this yeah. year. I feel like he'll probably make the team, you know, saying that now without knowing what they're going to do in free agency or the draft. But, uh, you know, Carter had some flashes, especially in the preseason. He was very good. Uh, the regular season, you know, had some sporadic playing time here and there. I still think there's room for him to grow. I still think that he will grow to some extent. Uh you know, try and be realistic with the expectations, but at the same time, you know, I feel like he could be solid depth going forward. Yeah, we saw him last year play both guard spots. He got a little bit of run at right tackle as well. He was, yeah. of course, a left tackle in college. He doesn't have the right profile with the Bears are looking for, but in a pinch, he was able to give some, some some tackle stuff. There was some talk at the senior bowl that he was going to try and work at center. Um, we have never really seen that. Obviously, the Bears don't don't have their their practices during the the year televised, and then the beat guys can't really talk about some of that stuff. But yeah. there was some talk there. I think Carter's a guy that should always be in the mix because mm -hmm. he is versatile. Um, and I guess we got to talk about you know the quarterback here. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're both in the same boat here. We're both fans of Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, we were excited when he was drafted. We enjoyed the, what he's done as a Bear. It's just a very unique opportunity. And we both think Ryan Poles is going to move off of fields and, and go with the unknown in, in the rookie draft pick. I mean, is that kind of where your head's at right now? Yeah, that's where I'm at right now, too. And like you said, you know, I'm a fan of Justin Fields. You're a fan of Justin Fields. And 
uh, I, I truly do. I, I feel bad for him because, you know, even if they do keep him, the circumstances through the first three years of his career in the NFL haven't been great. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, you know, the first two years was just, you know, a bad roster working with. Uh, year two, uh, new coaching staff, both in the first two years, bad offensive line. This year, there are some injuries. Uh, and then, you know, he started to get going, but now the Bears have this opportunity where they get, have the first overall pick. It's not from their own selection. Like, it's not like they were bad enough to have the first pick on their own. Uh, it's coming from somewhere else. It's coming from Carolina. So it, it's definitely a very unique situation. I can't say uh, I've really witnessed anything like this in recent years. Uh, I personally think that the direction the Bears are going to go is they're going to draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick. I'm assuming it's going to be Caleb Williams out of USC, and then they trade Fields. And I feel like there's going to be a good market for Fields yeah. because you look at him, I feel like if the Bears don't have a top two pick in this draft, I think they're keeping Fields. I really do. And yeah. It's just a circumstance of Caleb Williams is a really good prospect. Drake May is a really good prospect. There's some talks of Jaden Daniels from LSU being a, a top three, top two pick even. Uh, but I, I really think that Williams and May are the crown jewels of this class. And, uh, you know, they're just un unfortunately for Fields, the Bears have this unique situation where you don't really know what you have in Fields yet, which is weird. You, you know, you've started him for three years. You don't really know if he's good yet. He's getting better but you don't know if he's good. So that's uh, that's something that I'm uh, expecting Chicago to do. Uh, and I do believe that Fields is a more enticing option at quarterback than what a lot of – maybe not a lot, but a good handful of teams around the league currently have. And say if you're a Pittsburgh, if you're in Atlanta, and you don't have a clear – option at quarterback. I feel like someone with fields has much more upside than a Desmond Ritter or a Kenny Pickett. Uh, and I expect there to be, you know, a bidding war. I mentioned those two teams. There are others as well. Yeah. Uh, but those are the first two that come to mind. Uh, the commanders, even the Patriots, uh, if they don't want to go uh, quarterback at two or three. So there are options. There are options for fields. There are options for the bears. I think they're going to draft a quarterback at one. I could be wrong on that, but just the general reading that, you know, it seems like we're getting right now is it's going to be a QB. Yeah, that's kind of how the general read was a year ago. Uh, all the national guys were on the, hey, the Bears are going to trade one. You know, they got something in the works. And then, of course, the combine hit. It really ramped up. So I think by the time in, in two weeks, like I said, the combine's in two weeks. Yeah. I think at, at that point, a lot, I mean, there's already feelers out there, but I think at the combine happens – that's when the Bears are going to finally meet all the top quarterbacks, their official interviews. You know, they're going to set up some school visits, probably some 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 pro days. They'll have some private workouts, I'm sure, with all the top prospects. Yeah. If they like what they see, I, I, I think they're just going to make a move. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that if the Bears weren't picking one. You don't think they would they would trade Fields because because I was at Ashley that I feel the same way. If like I said, circumstance dictates. It's it's a weird year. Yeah. You know, it's a weird situation. They have a chance to do this. I, I can see paths for success both ways, but you're three years in. 
He's not the guy you drafted as Ryan Poles, you know, even yeah. though it is what it is. And, and like you said, Fields has been screwed, man. He, his his first year with Nagy, just a weird situation. Yeah. Come on. Why is he competing with these guys? You know, like, like what are we trying to recreate some weird thing with the Chiefs that worked once? You know, every situation is different. Then, of course, like you said, year two, total rebuild. Year three, just a weird situation with Getze. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Fields is going to have some success wherever he goes. This is Ryan pulls it. This is his main decision. This will define his entire career as a GM. We saw with Ryan Pace taking Mitch. That defined who he is as a, as a GM. Same thing here. This decision will define Ryan Poles' career. If he gets it right, he gets it right. If he gets it wrong, he's probably out of a job in a, in a year or two. So um, let's take a quick break. And on the other side of that, we're going to start going through some of these questions on the draft with Jacob. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. Instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Jacob, that is the break. We are back into it. Jacob Infante, he is at Jacob Infante 24. Um, Of course, you can find all his stuff on Windy City Gridiron. Like I said, his top 100 just dropped. And you also have a draft guide that you've done here. Not, I think it's your third year or fourth year doing your draft guide. Uh, I think this is three. I think this is year three. I think so. Where can everyone get that from you? Yeah, so you guys can find that on my Patreon. Uh, it's. I'm pretty sure it's linked in my – if not in my Twitter bio, then it definitely is on my pinned tweet. Uh, wait, no, my pin tweet is my, uh, is the Caleb Williams article I wrote. So, uh, the Patreon is linked in my Twitter bio. Uh, you can find it there for, you know, as low as a dollar a month. Uh, you get, that's a deal right there. Yeah. You you get access to my draft guide when it comes out. Uh, you have access to my, all my audio clips for the prospect interviews that I have. I've had a few so far and I have a, a couple more, uh, coming up on the horizon still, uh, you get that, you get access to some other exclusive content, my uh, small school rankings. I've, you know, I've published over there uh, my top 30 players at specific uh, positions. I've, I've done quarterback, receiver, edge rusher, uh, interior offensive line, I believe it was. So, you know, some pretty important positions, particularly for the Bears, uh, and I've provided, you know, biggest strength, biggest weakness and my current round grade. So there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, obviously, a majority of my contents over at Windy City Gridiron. Uh, and that's where you'll continue to find it. 
uh, in this pre-draft process. But, you know, if you're looking for like that little extra something uh, to take your draft knowledge uh, over the hump or you just want to support me, which I mean, like I'm just some schmuck, but like, you know, if you want to be nice, please. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's well, that's where you can find my draft guide and uh, any other exclusive content that I have. Last key, man, you got to support people in the game. You know, you, you're putting the time in. Support Jacob. Get his draft guide. Help him out on his Patreon. It, it's good stuff. I mean, I, I get it. It's 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 got a lot of information. I, like I said, I don't grind film. I, I can't do it. I just don't have the time. Jacob's doing it, man. He's working full-time job. He's working his draft stuff full-time. You have no time for nothing. But I did see on Twitter, like, what what, what is this? this Riz, Riz, Riz God? Is this the thing <laughs> floating around there? So I, I know you got some time for something. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I I find some time for the ladies. Uh, you know, I'm uh, you know here my bachelor pad in the St. Louis suburbs. You know, uh, they're like, oh, all the girls are, oh, you're Jacob Infante from Twitter. So you know, everywhere I go, you know, the fame's overwhelming. So uh, you know, that's that's just uh, you know, day in the life of me. But nice. you know, uh, for real though, uh, yeah, I mean, I. I love what I'm doing. I love the, you know, the draft work that I put in, uh, you know, providing content for people uh, because it is time consuming and I don't know, I'm just passionate enough about it that I like sitting down and spending the time to watch it. And if that helps other people learn, if that helps other people, uh, you know, get to understand the draft classes a little, then, you know, I'm doing my job. Let's jump into some stuff here. Got a few questions. JD Brown, any day two or day three safeties you like as a fit for Chicago. And you talked a little bit on the top here, not, not a great class at the top, but you can usually find depth at DB in, in the later rounds. Yeah. So there are a couple guys I'll start in, on day two. Uh, these guys are going to be round two players, or at least on my board. Uh, Cameron Kinchins from Miami is someone, you know, he performed down at the senior bowl. He's my top safety right now. Uh, with these safeties that I'm going to name, uh, I can go into you know specific breakdowns, but a lot for a lot of them, it's I'm choosing them because they're those rangy free safety types uh, that complement Jaquan Brisker. That you know that Eddie Jackson played at his peak. That Eddie Jackson you know played when he was healthy. Uh, so Cameron Kinchins from Miami is my top safety right now. He's someone I'm looking at in round two. Uh, Javon Bullard from Georgia is a little bit undersized, but he's, you know, athletic, he's intelligent. He attacks the ball. Well, Kalen Bullock from USC. He's, you know, he's a little bit wiry, but he's like six, two, six, three, also very good ball skills. Any of those guys in round two, whether it's, you know, however the bears acquire a second round pick, I feel like they will somehow, Yeah. uh, whether, you know, it's trading fields, whether it's trading down from one of their first round picks, Whatever the case may be, I do think they're going to pick in round two. And if they still have a need at safety there, those three could be guys to watch. Uh, a little bit farther down the board, I'm probably going to go in like that round four, round five range. Uh, Malik Mustafa out of uh, Wake Forest is someone he's a bit un- undersized, but another, uh, you know, sharp as nails safety on the back end processes real quickly, fluid athlete. Uh, Tyke Smith from Georgia is someone that I've been uh, I've been high on for some time. He's been a, a good contributor for Georgia for you know most of his collegiate career. And then Evan Williams out of Oregon is someone that I've really come to uh, 
come to like over the last few weeks, especially. He was a late addition to the senior bowl. Uh, kind of flew under the radar in a lot of circles. And then once he got the invite, I watched him and I'm like, okay, you know, there's something there. He's someone I think would also fit kind of that rangy type of, uh, could be a center fielder, could can play single high. Uh, I like him a lot as a free safety in too high where he's got all the space to work with. Uh, so th- those are just a couple guys in this class. Again, it's not, I don't think there's anyone who's going to go first round at safety in this class, but there are a handful of guys I think could contribute at the next level. So there, there have been worse classes at safety. And if the bears have, you know, if the bears need to invest in a safety, I feel like, you know, it's not like they're entirely out of options. Yeah. I mean, it's the way the roster is constructed now, a move is going to happen. And, and plus bears, not just bears, all NFL teams, they go DB and in, 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 on day three, you always want to have those guys turning out stuff. Those are your core special teamers as well. So you find a lot of guys in there, but, but now with Eddie Jackson being released, all of a sudden it changes things for the bears. Although we kind of saw this coming. I think a lot of people did. He tweeted about it. I think it was last week, yeah. uh, probably around the time he had his ex interview. It possibly might've even been that far back. I, I'm not sure when the tweet was out, but you know, the writing was in the wall for him. He kind of saw it there. So safety's going to happen. And if, you know, we have seen in years past, you know, safeties have had a chance to play right away for the Bears. Uh, they played, you know, Brisker. They played Gordon early at, at corner. Um, they played uh, Stevenson at corner. So so the, these guys, the, this regime, if they do draft a safety, even if he's later in the, in the draft, if he comes in and wins a job, I think they'll play the rookie if, if that's what they got here because that's just – that's in their DNA. You know, the hits philosophy – you know, if, if they fit it and you feel that guys can do it, I think they're going to go there. Um, of course, we got a question about, about the quarterback. Uh, Scotty asks, uh, do you see Mahomes-like qualities from Caleb in the 0-9 to nine and 10-20 to 20 yard range, that short to intermediate route here? Uh, Scotty says he feels that that's what makes Mahomes great, that he is automatic in those yardages. And, and that's one thing we, we see from fields. We, you know, he misses some of the layups. A guy like Mahomes does not miss the layups. Do you see that stuff, the, the short stuff, do you see that out of Caleb Williams? Yeah, and I feel like I, I'm, I'm going to quote this. I don't remember who said it. I don't remember what the number is, so this might be totally irresponsible of me. But I want to say I think it might have been Stark Kyle Orton uh, who charted uh, a, a lot of the quarterback's performance in this draft class. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Caleb was the top quarterback from those short yard ranges. And I think the issue uh, with uh, not the issue with Caleb, but I think something he needs to work on is knowing when to take the check down, when to take the safety blanket underneath. Uh, And that's something where when he's done that, he's very good at it. It's just a matter of, I think it's a mentality thing where he needs to become a little bit more comfortable in you know, accepting the second or third read instead of looking for the big play all the time, which at times that, you know, that big play mentality can be tremendous. And that's part of what makes Caleb a special player. But, you know, there are some times where, you know, he tries to force things that aren't there. He trusts his arm a little too much, trusts his legs a little too much for, you know, as talented as he is, you know, there's some throws you just can't physically make. So, uh, I do think that Caleb is very accurate from a short yardage perspective. It's just a matter of if he can consistently drill it into his head to get there. And I feel like that's something Mahomes obviously got way better at 
over the course of his career. Uh, and I think that's what helped him uh, take that next step from just, you know, big armed gunslinger to someone who's, who can make all the big throws, but is also a field general who can, you know, distribute the ball well. Uh, and I think that's going to be a hurdle for Caleb. I think he can do it. I, if by all accounts, he's a, you know, very competitive guy. Uh, and I feel like in the right situation, he should be able to uh, get better at that. So the accuracy is definitely there with Caleb in short yardage situations. Uh, the decision-making still a little bit of a work in progress, but when he gets it right, he, you know, he can be automatic. He is your top quarterback on your board. Yeah. So let's just get that out there. And, you know, I think the Mahomes comp from a lot of people in the national media, a lot of the people that, that, that do this nationally, I think they throw that out there because you, because ha- fans love comps. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Most draft analysts give comps. That's what they do. You know, the, a lot of fans are upset at the term generational. I, I haven't really heard anyone use generational about him in, in a long time. I think it was something that kind of threw out there early in his, in his collegiate career. Yeah. Um, but you know, He's still the top quarterback in the class, and like I said, you know, it just makes makes sense right now for the Bears to make that swing because if they not sure, this is what it comes down to with the Bears. If you think Fields is the guy that's going to take you to a Super Bowl, you've got three years of film on him in NFL offenses. Although it's you know he had some issues obviously with what's been surrounding cast, yeah. but if Poles thinks he's the guy, then he's going to keep. If he's if he's not sure, then you got to move off him. And if it's if it's May, if it's like you said, Daniels, you know, whoever it may be, it's going to happen here. But let me ask you this. How much of, of Caleb's decision making and stuff and his big game hunting you think yeah. is is a product of the air raid? Because it's you know, it's a lot of it is run the grass. You know, he's waiting for stuff to open, which is some of the same complaints we heard about Justin Fields in college. He didn't run the air raid, but the scheme he was in a lot of long developing plays waiting for stuff to happen. So now as a Bears fan, we're like, oh, my God, why would we do this again? We just went through this with a guy that struggled with this. So why is Caleb worth a different shot? Yeah, so I do think that uh, obviously the offense, there are some similarities in terms of, you know, spreading the field with, you know, formations, uh, allowing for some of those longer, uh, like you said, longer developing plays. And that can result in sometimes where, you know, Caleb holds on to the ball, you know, for a long amount of time that might not always be super translatable to the NFL level. It will be sometimes, but I don't think to the full extent that it is for him in college. Uh, that said, I think that you're, you know, it's a concern that some people have brought up. Oh, fields took too long to throw. Caleb sometimes takes too long to throw. Why are you doing that again? Yeah. I think one you're looking at, I think Caleb, coming out is a more talented passer than Fields was coming out of Ohio State. And considering that, along with the fact, I I feel like Fields as an asset has become less valuable over the last three years solely from the fact that there's the financial aspect. Like he's grown. He's definitely gotten better as a player over the last three years. But as an asset, as someone who only has one year left on his rookie contract, uh, you're probably only going to get a second round pick and another draft pick in addition for him. Whereas, you know, you're seeing the Bears back in 2021, you're moving up nine spots from 20 to 11 and you're giving up a first round pick. You're giving up additional draft capital. So I feel like from a pure 
placing a value on an asset perspective, Williams is the more uh, valuable piece at this point. I think that the arm talent is incredible. Caleb, I think he, he'll enter the league. He can still be a top 10 athlete at the quarterback position. He's no fields. Uh, I don't really think any other quarterbacks as no. athletic as fields other than Lamar Jackson. So you're going from an elite athlete to a very, you know, still a very good, I'd say a great athlete, Caleb Williams. I feel like probably won't run a 40 yard dash, but I'd expect him to be somewhere in the, you know, the four, six, maybe four, five range. That's still very good. Yeah. Uh, so that the arm talent, the accuracy, I think he's a much better decision maker than a lot of people give him credit for. I think that, you know, some he sometimes he played hero ball too much at USC, but sometimes he had to play hero ball too much because the offensive line didn't hold up uh, because the receivers couldn't get open, especially in 2023. I mean, Taj Washington's the only receiver who consistently could separate in that group. Uh, Brendan Rice is physically gifted as he is. He's raw. Uh, Mario Williams, Dorian Singer didn't have the, you know, as nearly as good of seasons as many people expected them to. They're both coming back to school, uh, both staying, going to different schools. I don't know exactly where. Uh, and then the branch guy, he's still young, uh, you know, so he's still raw. So to that point, I think that some yes, there are valid concerns with Caleb. I'm not saying there aren't. I feel like you know you can look at him and say, oh, there's you know clear, very clearly room for improvement. But I feel like some of it's situational. I feel like some of it is on him. But at the same time, I feel like he's shown that he can go through full field reads. He's shown that he can identify the checkdown. You know, not all the time, but more than I think people give him credit for. So I think he's a much smarter quarterback than people give him credit for, even if there's still room for improvement there. That and the arm talent, that and the athleticism, yeah. and the value of a quarterback on a rookie deal, which is the most valuable asset in football. Uh, you know, I, I think it's – I don't want to say a no-brainer because, you know, I, I get why people like Fields. I really do. I like him myself. I just think that Williams is, you know – pretty pretty strongly the uh you know the clear choice here for me so a lot of the national buzz is like i said we'll find out more combine things will ramp up when they have a chance to meet these guys uh buttheads chiming in um jacob you know beavis and butthead you know who they are yeah okay yeah. so i make sure you're you're a little younger here so i have to make sure um he said he's been enjoying the roster turnover series i'm running a roster turnover series every position by position yeah. um he's asking about special teams return man Kick returner obviously is not really – it's phased out of the game, but the Bears have had horrible punt returners the last couple of years. Obviously, Bayless Jones tried it, couldn't catch. They had to sign Trent Taylor just because he could feel the punt, but he had no juice back there. Yeah. Are there any draft pick? We're talking about double dipping in, at receiver. Yeah. Who are some guys that can kind of step in as maybe a, a late-round guy that could kind of fill their role of punt returner? Yeah, so I do think – I know I mentioned Taj Washington out of USC. He's someone – he's a little bit smaller, shiftier guy. He's someone I do think could uh, step into a bigger role and, you know, be a solid returner. And USC didn't need a, that a ton out of him, but it's something he can do. Uh, there's uh, – Kenny Logan Jr. is a safety out of Kansas. I think he's someone who can provide some good value on that end. Uh I know, like you, you did mention, obviously, uh, 
you know, Valus Jones Jr. hasn't really panned out. Trent Taylor didn't really pan out when they brought him in. Uh, just I'm, I'm trying to think here off the top of my head. A couple other ones. Uh, Tyrone Tracy, a running back from Purdue. He's someone who uh, he, he got to perform at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, you know, just a fluid athlete. He's capable of catching passes out of the backfield, and he's he returned one back for a touchdown this year. Uh, so those are just a handful of guys. Uh, I'm sure there are more. I'd have to go back in my notes to uh, truly like double check, but those are just a handful of guys that I think could be reliable kick returners at the next level. Uh, and then also you're, you know, you could try your, try your shot with uh, like a speedy running back or a speedy receiver, even if they don't have a ton of uh, experience at the collegiate level as a kick returner. So you talk about re- uh, running back real quick and the bears are of course losing Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Um, but they still got Khalil Herbert under contract. They have uh, Travis Homer and, of course, Roshan Johnson. But we saw them last year carry four running backs on the on the 53 most of the season. If there's a guy there, like you said, a speed guy that kind of comes in, plays some special teams for you, you know, because Travis Homer only has one year left in his deal. You know, he's just yeah. a special teamer, but he's not really a return guy. He has done some kick, kick return. I don't think he can do punt returns for you. But if, if there's a running back, is there any running backs you like kind of in the late rounds that kind of come in and maybe fill a speed role for Chicago? No, definitely. And uh, I know that Tyrone Tracy is someone that I brought up that I do like. Uh, Bucky Irving out of Oregon is a pretty popular name for, uh, you know, that round three, round four kind of range. I feel like that's the consensus of where he's going to go. He's one of the most explosive athletes in this class, I think, regardless of position, you know, but especially at running back. Uh, A little bit, I think, later uh, Blake Watson out of Memphis is someone that I like maybe round six, round seven, uh, might go undrafted. I mean, I'd use a pick on him, but, uh, still another late round explosive type. Uh, some other guys that I do like Jalen Wright out of Tennessee is someone I think is going to go round two or so. Uh, he's a little bit raw in terms of how he processes out of the backfield, but he's just a dynamic athlete who, you know, he plays hard as a pass protector. So that's something that's going to be valuable. And then two running backs out of Louisville uh, who are more late round guys. Uh, Jawar Jordan is the, uh, you know, the lightning and Isaac Garendo is the thunder. Uh, Jordan's more of a shifty type of side to side type of running back, but uh, Garendo is the type of guy he's not super shifty, but he runs fast in a straight line and he's massive. He's like 220 and he's powerful. So those are just a couple guys. Uh, Irving, obviously, being the highest rank of the, of the bunch. Uh, Jalen Wright, not too far behind. But they're going to have options. Yeah. And if they want to draft a running back, which I think they should, just historically speaking, it's a nice you know flyer to take early on day three uh, just because of how many you know end up contributing from around that range. So those are a couple of running backs that I think could fit that kind of speed demon sort of role. You mentioned Grand- Grendos more as the, the Thunder. And I actually yeah. watched a little bit of his film because uh, Kyrie Thompson interviewed him down at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. Um, and that's actually, you guys can check it out. It's on the podcast channel, Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. Just find that. Scroll back. I think that happened right after East-West games. So that was probably like two weeks ago. But he interviewed him. So I kind of went back and kind of want to watch some of his film. And like you said, he's not the fastest, but straight line speed's pretty good. Yeah, And if you're running an outside zone scheme, like it seems like Shane Waldron's going to kind of bring in here um, a little closer to what the Bears want to have. Yeah. That's what you want, man. 
get to your mark, make your cut, and hit the hole. One cut, go. And I think a guy like Garendo might be a good fit there. 100%. And I think that's the best fit for him at the next level is, you know, just a one cut back. He's not the type of guy who's going to bounce outside the tackles and consistently uh, make guys miss in space, but get him in a straight line. Uh, he's a bigger back. You know, he's he's quick, he's strong, and he's someone I think could, you know, really make some sort of an impact at the next level. Uh, I, you know, I think he's a little bit of a later round guy. I think the ball carrier vision is still a work in progress. And obviously the, uh, you know, the sideline to sideline agility is, you know, it's just okay, but he's quick in a straight line and he's powerful. So if you, you know, if he finds an open running lane, it's going to be tough to stop him. We got cloudy future here, long time WCD guy in, in the comment section, taking a shot on my gray beard over here. If you guys watch <laughs> it on YouTube, asking if it's from reading all the fields versus Williams stuff uh, on <laughs> social media and at WCG cloudy, man, I don't really pay attention to it because I just don't get into it. It's like, to me, we're all fans of the Bears. To me, it's silly. If anyone gets too over the top and they get too ridiculous with their with their their just making up stuff to be dumbasses, yeah. I mute them, man. I, I, I got no time for the bullshit, to be honest with you. Like, if you can't just be a fan of the team and understand there's a path here and, and see the logic behind what may happen, are you going to stop being a fan if, if they trade your favorite player or if they, or if they decide to, to keep a guy that you don't like? it's going to happen whether we're fans or not. So I don't get caught up in the BS here. Um, another question here we got real quick from where to go. I just had it here. Where'd it go? Ah. But Brock Bowers, ML Fields. Mm-hmm. How high will Brock Bowers? There's another guy, man. Like I said, I don't grind tape, but there's some guys I like, and I've always liked the tight end position. Yeah. So when there's a good tight end, I like to watch him. How high is Brock Bowers getting taken? I think the earliest he goes is the fifth pick. Oh, with the chargers. I think okay. that's, the highest he might end up going. And I, I got to double check exactly where I have him right now uh, on my board. I'm pretty sure I have him in my top five. Uh, I, I truly do think that he's one of the best players in this class, regardless of position. He's an, you know, he's an elite athlete. He's a rare, you know, six, four, about 240 pounds. I think he's someone who's going to run really fast in the 40 super agile after the catch, a very good route runner. Uh, he's someone who can, he can separate outside out of the slot as an you know as an H back as an inline guy. You could play him as a fullback if you want. Uh, just a real offensive weapon, and obviously, historically speaking, a lot of tight ends ten, don't go in the top ten. A lot of them don't go in the top five. Yeah. Uh, but I think Bowers is a special talent there. Uh, not as big as you know not as you know as big of a prospect as say a kyle pitts coming out of florida but i'd argue he's a bit more athletic and if you're looking for a guy like that uh who can really step in and have that all pro ceiling uh, i know a lot of people have compared him to george kittle and i think kittle is you know he's a tremendous blocker i think bowers is just all right at that but in terms of receiving upside i 100 percent see it with bowers yeah so I think the highest he goes is five to the Chargers. Uh, he'll be an option there. The lowest he could go is maybe in the you know the mid to late teens. Maybe a team like the Colts at fifteen or uh, this you know probably not the Seahawks, but uh, the Bengals at eighteen or something like that. Those are a couple teams where I think that's probably the lowest he'll go. The highest I could see him going five though. I think he's that good of a player and. If they did take him at five, uh, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't really bat an eye. I'd be like, all right, that makes sense because yeah. I, I think that's how good his tape is. Let's stay on tight ends. Uh, MC Fack, you said he can, does not see the Bears taking a tight end early, but I think tight ends a sneaky need for this team because, yeah, you have Cole Komet. He's clearly your your inline guy. He's he's your he's your wide tight end. Yeah, you know. But Shane Waldron last year used three tight end set quite a bit. Now part of it is because that's what he had to do. He felt mm-hmm. that's what was best for his offense. So Waldron kind of do what he wants to do here as far as what his talent dictates. But who's your move tight end on the roster? Robert Tunyon's a free agent. He's probably gone. He was a getsy guy, you know. Yeah. Who are some nice move tight ends? The Bears could kind of target maybe late. They can kind of come in and, and, and f- find a role on this team. Yeah, so – and to that point real quick before I dive into you know, some of the later round guys, I don't think I'm totally saying no to Bowers at nine or if they trade back. Uh, I think he should be an option. I wouldn't say he's going to be the top option by any means, but I feel like he's more of an offensive weapon than a true tight end to the point where you yeah. can line him up anywhere – and I feel like his value exceeds that of the traditional tight end. So uh, just to that point, but there are a couple guys, you know, a little bit farther down the board that I do like. Uh, ben Sinat out of Kansas State is someone that I'm a, I'm a big fan of. He performed really well against my Missouri Tigers, and he, you know, put together a very good season after that. Uh, another one of those, not the biggest, not the strongest, but he's athletic. He's a very – he's a natural pass catcher. Uh, Jaheim Bell is someone I like out of Florida State. He's uh, another one of those tight ends, not the biggest. He's about 6'3", I want to say like 230, so he's pretty small. But very good athlete, has a penchant for getting open, natural pass catcher. He's produced pretty well at the collegiate level. Uh, And then some other guys, I like uh, Theo Johnson from Penn State is someone that I think I have him just outside of my top five. I know some people have him in their top five at the tight end position, but another good athlete, another natural, uh, maybe not as explosive, but still, you know, very good ball skills, above average athlete. And then one other guy I'll point to is uh, I kind of like Dallin Holker, uh, tight end out of Colorado State. He's someone where, uh, I, I really just like his ball skills. I like how natural of a pass catcher he is. Uh, not the fastest, not the strongest. You know, he's like 6'5". He's a little bit lighter at 235 for the tight end position. But, you know, he's someone who he can win in the red zone. He's someone who can beat you at the catch point. He's someone who can make those catches in tight, uh, tight windows. And he's someone who's physical at the point of attack. So, Dallin Holker, he was a... I want to say might have been like a second team All American or something. I know he was super productive at Colorado State this year, but he's another guy I like. Uh, they'll have options, and I'm with you in that tight end. Maybe isn't the biggest need, but it's definitely one I think they'll have to address at some point because they need a U tight end. They need that tight end too. And however they do it, uh, you know, they need to have some sort of new uh, new faces getting involved there. I would love to see Mercedes Lewis come back just because I love the old man blocking. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, but then, man, you, you got to get a you. You got to get a move, Joker, whatever you want to call that guy. You got to get that spot. I told you to keep you about an hour, so I'm going to have time for one more here. And it's uh, it's a little receiver, a little, little quarterback. Jacob, did Tez Walker's mediocre senior bowl make you more impressed with what Drake May was able to do with almost nothing? Mm. 
So I will say that you're looking at Devontae Walker uh, coming over. You know, the one year at North Carolina was really good at Kent State before. Uh, yeah, the Senior Bowl wasn't tremendous. I feel like that's something where I was expecting a little bit more out of him uh, during his time at Mobile, but it, I wouldn't say it was terrible. You know, I've, I've gotten a couple of replies saying that, you know, Walker is too high on my rankings. He, you know, he didn't perform well at the Senior Bowl. And he didn't live up to expectations, sure, but I still feel like the tape trumps all with him. Yeah. Uh, he's a sol- he's a good route runner. He's an above-average athlete with, you know, very good just length and ball skills, and he's someone who can get open. Even if he's not the most polished route runner, he's athletic enough to get away with it. Uh, he's shown that he has some understanding of how to attack leverage through his stems. Uh, and, you know, I do think some drops are going to need to be cleaned up with him. Uh, might need to gain a little bit more weight, but uh, he, I think he's still a very talented player. And to that point with Drake May, I feel like, yeah, I mean, especially in 2022, you're not really working with a whole lot. I mean, Sam Howell had – Deami Brown had Daz Newsome. Uh, Daz, the Bears legend. Yeah, Daz. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, freaking forgot about him. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Drake May did have Josh Downs last year, who's, you know, had a very good year. Yeah. Uh, and then this year, uh, Devontae Walker. But at the same time, Walker only played in a handful of games because he had issues with eligibility coming out. So, to start the year, he didn't really have a super strong wide receiver one. And outside of downs, there wasn't really a whole lot in 2022 for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm impressed with what May was able to do with his circumstances. I think that uh, not not enough people within Bears Twitter are talking about him. I don't think he's going to be the number one pick. I don't think he's going to be a Chicago Bear. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot to like with him. And the tools are there. The tape is there uh, for him to be a very good player in the NFL. Will that happen? Obviously, time will tell. But I feel like, you know, all things considered, uh, what May was able to do in North Carolina was very impressive. Last question, and I'm going to throw this one at you. Justin Fields, obviously the Bears quarterback now. Kale Williams seems like he's going to be the guy. Of all these rookie quarterbacks that that are coming out here, how many of those would you – take over fields right now uh, and this is this is this is talk about let's say it's a guy like bo nicks and of course they're going to trade fields they're going to have draft picks for that they're going to trade off one they're going to go back so the yeah. whole, i know it's a big question but all things yeah. considered if the bears if polls decides hey fields ain't my guy who could be his guy if it's if it's not fields uh the only two i'd move off of, of two guys Two guys in this class. That's Caleb Williams and Drake May. Okay, I, I'd move on. I'd move on from Fields for either one of those two. After that, it starts to become murky because yeah. I do like the quarterback value in this class. I think Michael Penix Jr. has really good tape. I, I feel like he's one of the best pure passers in college football in this class. But again, it comes down to he's a little bit older as a prospect has a massive injury history and he's not super athletic. How well, how high is the ceiling there? How much is that going to translate? Sure. He could, I think he can be a solid starter in the league. Can he be much more than that? And if not, where do you draft someone like that who already has those injury concerns? Uh, 
JJ McCarthy is someone that I do like. I've been a fan of his for quite some time. Uh, I admit I'm probably higher on him than most just because I, he's a very divisive prospect. I feel like, you know, parts of draft Twitter, people who are, you know, like plugged into the community say there's a good chance he goes top 10. Would I take him in the top 10? I don't think I would, but I would definitely take him first round. I well, think. you mentioned you're higher than most. You're not higher than his former coach. You said he's the best quarterback prospect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite there. Okay. I'm not quite there. Uh, but he is my QB3 right now, which okay. – uh, so I have him over Penix, I, Bo Nix, uh, Jaden Daniels, who's my QB4. Uh, you know, I, I know that Daniels is catching a lot of smoke right now, and yeah. he obviously had a very good year this year. I'm just a little wary because it took him a while in st- starting in college to get to a high level. He had however many seasons, you know, four, you know, three, four years of starting tape before this year. And, you know, he was solid. He was on my radar as a draft prospect. I didn't see him as much more than a late round pick, though. Uh, it, it took him a it took him a long time to break out. A lot of those quarterbacks in college uh, don't necessarily translate to being stars in the NFL. So is that someone you want to take in the top three, where there's a little bit of risk there? Uh, and just comparing him with Fields, I mean, Daniels is a tremendous athlete, and I think the uh, you know, obviously the value of a rookie quarterback contract is very good. Yeah. And I think Daniels is one of the more accurate passers in this class, but Fields has the better arm. Fields is significantly bigger than Daniels. And I think athleticism is a massive part of Daniels game, but I think Fields is better in that regard too. So I take Justin Fields over Jaden Daniels. I don't know if the league agrees with me on that. Uh, that's just my opinion on the matter. So Williams and May, I'd move off of fields from, and that's what I think the Bears should do. Having the number one overall pick, they have the opportunity to do that. But say if the Bears picked at three or anywhere else with that Carolina pick, uh, I'm probably sticking with fields. Yeah. Circumstance, man. It's just what right. happens. It's just a weird situation. So, Jacob, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Everyone, make sure you follow Jacob at Jacob Infante24. He's got the uh, probably the best, the best Twitter account of, of most of Bears Twitter. Definitely <laughs> the best Twitter account of all the WCG guys. He's always throwing some stuff out there. Has a lot of fun with that. Uh, of course, you can find all his stuff on our site as well. Do you have any uh, in, any shows coming up? I know you guessed on a lot of stuff. Do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Uh not set in stone. Next I'm, Thursday, uh, you are going to be back here. That's true. On bare I, bones. I, I am going to be with on bare bones. Uh, Mason West is going to be having me, and uh, I think Kyrie's going to Kyrie, be. Kyrie, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm excited to hop on with those guys next week. Mock uh, draft that'll be a mock draft for you guys. That that's going to be my first mock draft of the uh, of this uh, you know pre draft process, like on a show. So yeah. I, I always I love doing those kinds of shows. Uh, I only do a couple, but. You know, that should be a fun one, especially with those guys. You know, yeah. I, love, I love working with them. So should be a good one. But other than that, uh, you know, keep an eye out because I'm, I'm, I'm always doing something. Uh, whether it's, you know, super regular or sporadic, you know, I'm going to make appearances on podcasts, on shows, whatever, uh, leading up to the draft. So definitely make sure to stay tuned. Just follow him on Twitter. That way you don't miss none of his stuff. Yeah. So, uh, for Jacob, I'm Lester. I want to appreciate you guys all jumping in. Until next time, bear down, my friends.